Hey guys, this is I Burn Everything. I'm Stevie Nelson, and to my left, who are you? I'm Dave Horwitz. <laughs> Hi everyone. Welcome back. Welcome Stevie back. And audience. All right, guys. We took a year and a half break, but you know what? <laughs> we are back and we are ready to interview people. It's time. It, it's about time. We like to take a break here and there, and then we come back just to surprise you that we're even coming back. Yeah. Do you remember us? Do you l- still like us? I, we hope because it, we have an amazing guest today. Yeah, so good. He is a director, a writer, an actor, a producer, an all-around creator. He cooks. He's Josh Rubin, and this was just one of the better conversations we've had. I really enjoyed talking to him. He's coming to us from New York. He skyped in, and uh, I think it. Sounds great, and I think you're really going to like it. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Josh, thank you so much for being on our podcast. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Where are you coming to us from? I'm coming to you from uh, Guernsey Street in Brooklyn, uh, my girlfriend's home. Mm. Uh, and um, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I miss California, uh, but I, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy the high ceilings and the, and the, 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 the tree-lined street. What can I say? I feel like I'm, I'm not feel like I'm, I'm in an Ed Burns movie. <laughs> How long have you been in New York now? Uh, I've been here since June 20th. Okay, so are you working? Uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm in post on my very first movie. <clears throat> so uh, I'm about to do the score, uh, which I head up to Woodstock for tomorrow. This guy, Chris Maxwell, composes for Bob's Burgers, which is rad. He's oh, wow. scoring the movie. And then I start sound design on the 22nd and I think color around the same time. So I'm sort of uh, doing like a summer in New York, quote unquote, last summer in New York before my girlfriend moves out of this place slash work, uh, work on finishing this sucker. And yeah, and then I'll be home in October and we can all, you know, celebrate the launch of my episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when when uh when you say she's about to move out of her apartment is she about to move out of her apartment and to los angeles into los angeles yeah <clears throat> is she big, going to be moving with is she going to be moving in with you oh god i hope so yeah that, oh. that's, that's the plan that's the plan that's i hope fantastic. this forays well into your yeah into your the topic of uh of relationships because um quick admission i i do a confession rather i i only listen to mick garris's horror podcast called postmortem um <laughs> and uh, i know that the both of you do uh do burn everything and i do you guys <laughs> typically talk about is it always about food and relationships do you guys do foray both we try yeah we try to touch on both but sometimes it's like relationship heavy or food heavy it just depends on what you're most passionate about yeah, um, it's it's, it's true. I think I think in the past we've had some pretty um, what I'd call inorganic segues. It's uh, whereas where for example, if we've been talking to someone about their relationship for forty eight minutes, uh, the conversation will slowly um, dra- like uh, fade out, and I'll go. So, um, are you like a breakfast guy? <laughs> Which is do you what do you think a cannellini be? 
So, um, so do you like pasta right more or pizza? Black beans or yeah. white beans? Yeah, we um, we'll force it if we have to, but no more. We're trying to just let you talk about what you want to talk about in regard to food or relationships. I'm gonna only talk about both every time. <laughs> um, I figured you'd be a good person to talk to about this. I was like, I know you like both of these things. I do, I do. So I cooked. I actually, I cook. Here we go. Fucking catapult into it. I yes. cooked dinner for my uh, for my girlfriend last night, and Stevie, you'd appreciate this. It was a grain bowl. It was all vegetarian. We did oh my uh, kidney gosh. beans. She said, what are you going to do with those beans? And I said, I don't know. What do you want me to do with them? Whoa. So it was like a little testy. And she said, I don't know. You could add cumin. But it was oh. like that kind of mildly passive aggressive thing. Like, what are you going to do with the beans? I yep. was like, I don't know. What do you want me to do with the beans? I was just going to kind of put them in here, just heat them up. She was working and I was cooking gender reversal. And uh, she said, I don't know. Maybe you could add cumin. And I did. And okay. um, they turned out they turned out good. And she also <laughs> taught me uh, taught me what millet was and how to make it. Oh, millet's great. Um, Millet's I, great. Yeah, you gotta toast it. I don't know. I don't know what that is. But you tell me. <laughs> I really <laughs> Do you don't. Want to take this one. Okay, so There's... millet. Yeah, I can take this one. Millet is a grain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it to me. It tastes somewhere in between rice, and it doesn't taste like quinoa, but it's got the look of quinoa almost. It's little tiny grains, mm. and mm-hmm. you have to toast it before you cook it. Like on a tray. Yeah. Just, yeah, like on in a pan, oh. you have to toast it a little bit. It's so good. It, to me, it's one of the best tasting grains. It's kind of, if a grain could be likened to anything, I liken it to cor- cornbread. <laughs> if a grain could be into anything, um, I'd imagine it would be into ACDC. Yes. I, I just didn't know. Uh, yeah, it was very, it was lovely to learn something new. Uh, and I did. And it was great to add to our um farty farty bowl i mean honestly it was just like do you want to watch big little lies and stranger things and fart just a little bit so it's just like cumin kidney beans and some butternut squash french fries sort of like pre-cut whole foods things is this bougie is this what you guys talk about this is but we were also talking about how we loved each other so (laughs) am i hitting the brand apps a hundred percent it's i mean it honestly sounds like you've really hit a relationship sweet spot which is uh you're keeping things exciting you're getting a little bit not maybe playfully combative what are you going to do with those beans maybe like a little (laughs) bit of a call to action you meet the challenge then you can just sit comfortably i'm presuming farting next to each other watching some streaming television which i feel like you've got every single ingredient of a successful relationship i'm not gonna lie guys i'm 36 so it's like you know what else are you gonna do i i'm not gonna go to home sweet home and and try and kiss some girl that goes to tish i am gonna make a bowl (laughs) I'm going to make a bowl <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to watch streaming television. And, you know, hey, my, my girlfriend's a Gemini and she's a director. So it's oh, that's that fun. Constant, yeah. So I'm, you know, I have to really stay on my toes. So I constantly do feel like I'm, you know, at home, sweet home, is, while at home, sweet home. Um, you know? I'm gonna... is, is she um, is she a classic Gemini? Like, does she flip on you? Like she two different people? Uh, uh, in a nice a way. Question. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, she. I think she's a Gemini rising and a Gemini sun. So I wouldn't okay. say flip, but you know, there's there's some moments when you know she's mushy, and other moments when I'm just like sometimes it's steely, sometimes mushy, sometimes steely, and that's cool. Love it. I like that. Can I ask yeah. you how you two met? We met ten years ago. Uh, <clears throat> she was an art assistant at College Humor. And I wasn't, 
Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we were just friends. We were friends for several years, kind of acquaintances. And then, you know, we'd sort of, um, we would kind of, uh, I don't know, we just like see each other parties and hang out. And I was always kind of drawn to her and, and her to me just to, to, so we'd like go into a corner and gossip about, you know, people at the party or whatever and have a laugh and then sort of go our separate ways. But mm-hmm. we were always in a relationship kind of parallelly. And then, um, and I, and sometimes and on occasion, people would sort of come out of the woodwork and be like, what about you? And, you know, what about you and Lauren? And I said, no, she's family. Come on. That's yeah. gross. Uh, and then uh, one day it just it just shifted. It's kind of weird. I think, you know, it's, it's like uh, just like how you can't dive into something, I think, too soon. This is a subject we got onto yesterday because it also seems like left and right. All these folks we know in their <clears throat> 30s who've been in relationships for 10 years mm-hmm. are all splitting now. <laughs> Especially yes. once you've been married. It's fucking crazy. Is this happening on your side of the country it's one yeah 100 percent. yeah i just i had so a friend, many marriages uh, and so many long-term yeah relationships just ending just demolish i it's interesting because sometimes when i feel behind like i'm like i have never been married i've never been engaged i look at these things and i'm like oh these people who've been in relationships for 10 years are now yeah. ending their relationships i'm not behind at all we're all at the same place and the, there's no behind yeah. you know yeah, yeah I, had a, I had a friend uh, just get out of a 10-year uh, nearly 10 year relationship and uh he's he's back on the on the scene and he he's so much happier and we've he and i have had a few conversations because you know my longest relationship is uh, i've had a couple of two-year ones and a, and a mm-hmm. you know year and a half and i i always would quantify uh rather than i guess qualify and i i would always look to them as being this shimmering example they're making it work. They're making it happen. They're perfect. They're so uh, great at uh, hosting people at their house. And I would always just like have these little uh, check boxes of this is what makes a great relationship. And there was, you know, just so much stuff I didn't know about it that was happening. And when it ended, I learned and, uh, you know, realized that maybe he was a little envious of me and some of our other friends who were not in long relationships. So I think mm-hmm. it's just a matter of you can be in a long one that, doesn't work or in a short one that works and Mm -hmm. vice versa and yeah i think it is like make it or break it time for a lot of people we know on both coasts they're all our age too right i mean they all met at 23 or 24 dove in Mm -hmm. moved in and then kind of yeah and then split and it's it's a crazy thing i've also lived with four people i lived with four women i've had like yeah so i'm I'm one of those like serial monogamists who who moved in early. <laughs> and, wow! Uh, How early? And, yeah. Um, well, I mean, in the first year, I think of every relationship of those four serious ones. I mean, I, by the way, the the fourth is, I guess it's more three because the fourth is to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're like very serious and very kind of broken in, call it comfortable. But mm. you know, well, ten years of knowing was, someone will do that. Ten years of knowing someone, it's like you know, we've crowded on each other's shoulders about our our you know re- separate kind of relative. You know, we've we've had our toxic relationships with other people, so we're able to be like, this is fucked up, right? Anyway, I'm gonna go back <laughs> into it, um, and then kind of you know coach each other out or give each other advice wow. on GChat. Uh, yeah, so it's you know it's been it's been that ride with each other, and then we would, um, I'm being tangential, but we you know we, as we would sidebar with each other, we'd always like sidebar and list what we'd want someday. Like, mm. oh man, you know, 
I'm with Molly now and she does this, but I really want someone who does this. Um, I never dated a Molly, but I'm just, you know, making up names, but, sure. and she do the same thing with, you know, the Avery's, uh, she never <laughs> dated Avery, um, <laughs> uh, with, you know, with millet, um, she would say <laughs> I'm not, but, uh, but it was we always knew, you know, what we what we ultimately wanted. And I think we also both were in relationships where like we I'm sure you guys have been in two where you have the voice in the back of your head where it's like, do you really want do you see see yourself, you know, going to Europe and changing diapers or whatever? Yeah, um, that's a real thing. Like and people ignore the voice for, a, a, you know, myriad of reasons. But. Uh, I think I think we were so we'd had 10 years of the serious conversations that I guess Esther Perel says people, you know, never have in America and always have in Europe. Um, yeah. <laughs> like we always <laughs> have been open with each other. So I love Esther Perel. Josh, I would I really I, I the last thing I ever would want to do is is pimp a guest out. But uh, I I frequently will tr do an Esther Perel impersonation in my car uh, from just listening to her voice. Do you do you have one? Uh, I've I've never tried, but I I've, I've had it kind of gnawing in the back of my head. I have to um, they kind of whenever I do an impression, it just kind of happens like uh <clears throat> like getting struck by silly mm. lightning. Like suddenly I can I like hear it in my voice or can feel it in my mouth, which is a funny way of saying it. But I I whenever Makes I sense. try it, it's just like <laughs> it's just like uh to keep with the food, you know the food. <clears throat> the food uh, theme, um, the texture in my mouth of the of the character egg. Uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I always just it always just ends up sounding like someone who's French. So I I'm I'm close. I will have one, but I do I watch <laughs> I watch the shit out of her stuff. One night I got really high and and just like streamed on YouTube her talks, mm -hmm. and they just kept rolling into the next talk and into the next talk. So I learned that like. You know, she does that same speech. Like, we want compassion, but we want compatibility. We want adventure, but we want mystery. We want. Like, it was like I heard that. That was it. Like, That's really good. <clears throat> I can That's... do the the yeah the the uh, the the tempo. Yeah, um, the only I like, mine. <laughs> my impression is just a is it's how people have one word impressions, and it's just infidelity. That's all it is. <laughs> It always is the EDT, yeah. or compatibility, incompatibility or Mitsubishi. <laughs> she's always, yeah. She's she's so. I mean, she's so insightful. I've gotten so much out of her, and I still like a little child. I'm just delighted by hearing her speak. Yes, me too. Hundred uh, percent. So you, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting. There's an interesting time and. Uh, thing happening and I you know yeah. people chalk it up to is it options is that we have options and mm. I don't think it's that we have options and that tinder's a thing I think what that do you think just, I don't think, think it people is. are listening to what what they uh what they want and I I've learned that I'm saying that too as someone who's like you know impulsively dived into dove into uh relationships had first thinking that or pretty convinced that I wanted something as a hopeless romantic and then mm -hmm. realized six months in, holy shit, um, this is, you know, stalling out. Oh, I um, for sure do that. I think, I think I've done that like over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Because yeah, the story for me, I think it's because, and, and maybe you can speak to this too, as like a, as a self-proclaimed romantic, but I think the story or the potentiality for a story, mm. 
uh, feels so, and, and for me, it's been, it could be like, oh, this person and I tried to connect and it didn't work. And then we were at this wedding and we took this, someone took an amazing photo of us. Wow. And we both looked at it and thought, oh my God, we, well, we just have to now. And then we, and then from there, I future trip into like, and that's what we're going to tell our yeah, kids. Yeah, the narrative is so rich Ugh. that you're like, should we pursue the narrative? It's not even like you're pursuing the thing. Mm -hmm. exactly. That is so real. That is such a real thing. Stevie, do you as a, uh, you know, as a woman and with a circle of female friends, I'm sure, and you seem yes. like maybe one of the most independent people I know, but I'm just judging off of your Instagram presence. Oh my gosh. Hung out. But <laughs> do you, do you get kind of, um, I don't know, do you, where do you feel pressure? Do you feel like that kind of social pressure from anyone in your female like group or your family? And does it, does it affect you ever? Or are you kind of like, no, I'm just looking around at these relationships that are demoing all over me or demolishing and just disintegrating and i'm just yeah i'm fine and i'm 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 holding out rightfully so because you know I, what's the rush and why yeah no i don't i actually don't feel any pressure and i feel zero pressure from anyone around me um my parents aren't giving me any pressure my girlfriends don't a lot of my girlfriends <laughs> are married or in serious relationships but i'm surrounded by a lot of women who are also single so it you know i mean I don't feel any pressure. I do um, get like when my girlfriends do give me advice, what they will say is um, your instincts are right. Always like I have very strong mm -hmm. instincts and um, and also it's OK to gather more information. That is one thing that my girlfriends would say, like mm. they'll they'll kind of encourage me to not um, close a door very fast because I historically that's what I would have done but honest I'm gonna be real my instincts are so strong now that I can pretty much go on one date and not go on another mm, you know yeah that's a funny thing when people are like you've got to give them a chance yeah but you know don't you know a little bit and you know even I actually, with a follow-up interaction yeah I actually read a book about this and in it she said um and I can't remember who said this but in it she said from the very moment we meet someone we know exactly how we feel about them and if it's a yes or a no. And what we do after that is for the next whatever part of the relationship, we either convince ourselves otherwise or we honor what we feel. And, mm. and I think for a long time I convinced myself otherwise because, I mean, for me it's like because someone has like a combination of incredible qualities. And so it's like they look like this perfect list on paper mm. and I know lists on paper don't really matter but when you are looking for certain qualities and you're looking for certain compatibilities um I do think like sometimes you're like gosh I wish this would work out this person is technically perfect and mm. I don't care <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so good I you think know. your I think your instincts can just clobber your practicality. Like I, yeah. there, I've definitely I've had so many uh, experiences where I I've thought this might be this might be worth exploring. And you know when your voice in your own yes. head goes up, you know that you probably yeah, it's a question yeah, mark. Like, I I I, I think know. I could date this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're, if you're driving away or walking away or Ubering away from a date with anything other than a smile on your face it's like it's i think it's something to think about yeah i do too i recently i had a day i went on a date last night and it was uh um perfectly fine but when i walked away i was like time is time is extremely valuable like i think it's okay to hold oh, out for something yeah. that feels 
I mean, Josh, thinking about you, like you do so many things and are actively pursuing things, and it's not like you have a traditional uh, work schedule. You're, I mean, you just mm-hmm. made a movie on your own, and it's like imagine being with someone or giving it a shot with someone that you're not. So, like, I mean, you, you you talk about just knowing with the in this current relationship, but I mean, I just I think about pursuing the stuff I'm pursuing, and then sort of being on the fence about someone for an extended period of time. And that just feels like another job to me. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's so, uh, time is so valuable. And, you know, I'm not getting to that point where like, I, I tried online dating when I was 30, like when I was out of, uh, you know, the second long-term relationship, the girl I'd moved in with, um, and thinking, Oh man, I thought that was the one yet. I, yet there was a voice in the back of my head and it was fun. Almost every date was fun, but <clears throat> 30 is kind of a different, it's mm-hmm. like a new adolescence and feels like a new, it, it was a very specific time and it, it felt good to quote unquote, not be alone. So I think that was like a fun thing. And you, you kind of find those little, like, um, diamonds in the rough, uh, with people like, yeah, they're, you know, the, the voice is weird and they smell like you know wheat berries but which is mm. fine just mm-hmm. to keep the food theme going and i, I love the wheat berries. <laughs> thank you um, for really keeping this food theme going when we're not making any effort i love that you're like really <laughs> making the effort absolutely, for us <laughs> absolutely Stevie. i totally agree and you know like i <laughs> if steak were to be like you know i steak i put a lot of steak into like my um <clears throat> i mean i don't know like at one point it has a novelty to it but i do remember those moments where and when time didn't feel as sort of precious but there were moments when i had you know done the the sort of you know uh fish in a barrel sort of online dating thing or just be like you know one day to night or whatever Mm -hmm. um and 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 just a you know a drink with someone or just a kind of quick you know rendezvous i wasn't a wasn't gallivanting all the much but you know what what, when you really when you meet someone and you know you're in it for the hour and you know within the first 30 seconds that it's not gonna be cool Mm -hmm. it's just that's a really important thing um so it's you know if if that you you're in the back of your head you're thinking man i'd rather be at home you know painting uh or you know whatever uh journaling or watching something you know watching a movie to study for maybe someday you know a role i'd like to do or something mm-hmm. you know something i'd like to write or something i'd like to make um you really really feel that at this age you know uh your mid-30s is like way different when i tried it again before i got into my you know my current relationship where i'm like incredibly satisfied and have sort of you know done the things mm-hmm. um it you really you really really feel it so dave i mean i i, I think yeah. it's a super valuable thing and stevie too it's like all of us need to really just be wowed by someone and, and also experience yeah. you know and listen to when someone approaches you right and they make the effort and you sort of i think that's when you need to well need to quote unquote listen right it's like okay yeah. wait a minute there's i feel halfway decent about this person and they're sort of making an effort so maybe i should yeah. Oh, that's another um, <laughs> a question. So do you feel like with um, your current partner, you feel like, you know, you just had a knowing? Oh, yeah. I, I, can, you, I, can you tell me what that feels like? Like, what is that? How? You oh, yeah. Know? Tell us both, please. Yeah. Tell us. Uh, well, again, I have the 
uh, unfair, unusual advantage. I have a, I have a narrative that, by the way, we first she and I talked about, which was the holy shit, this is heavy, Harry met Sally thing, and oh god, what if this doesn't work? We had mm-hmm. that conversation. We had the like, are we falling for the narrative? This narrative is so intense. The stakes are so intense. We've known each other for this long. Holy shit. And yeah. friends have sort of nudged us in the direction of each other over the years. And we've mm. kind of laughed it off. Such, such. Um, <clears throat> the, the knowing is twofold. The first is the history and the kind of like trust and foundation we've built with each other, which is an advantage. You could say people, you know, people don't really have with each other, but what, um, or very often anyway, you know, yeah. being friends and having that evolve. Um, so that history and foundation and just, I think what that boils down to really is just the open communication is that when you hang out, you feel completely um, at ease and not like you're saying something that you don't, that isn't quite you mm. uh, and that, and that feels out of character. So it's, it's, it's someone that you that frankly is a friend. I mean, it, it feels like yeah. hanging out with a buddy now without giving too much away and respecting, you know, my girlfriend's privacy, what that what that history did and what that kind of um, made difficult in the beginning was intimacy was physical intimacy, because mm. uh, Lauren, you know, was always like my sister. She was always like a fan, you know, family. Yeah. So that knowing a friend for a while and any of, I'm sure you guys too have had a moment with the buddy, you know, exploring the beginnings of a possibility with a friend. It, it's always going to be a little odd, but that was kind of a, that was just a, a, you know, kind of a learning process and, and an unusual thing for both of us. And also like the relationships we just recently come out of and everything sort of, you know, they color that, but what it, what it ultimately boils down to is, is just being so open with someone um, and so uh, hapless, happily, carelessly communicative that, um, that nothing is, nothing endangers the other person's ego. Um, Mm. And, and, and you can just sort of, you can call each other out, but you also have each other's back. And that's, I think that's weirdly, it's the trickiest thing. And that's what Esther Beretta talks about is like, it's <laughs> all, it's all communication. She's like, people are splitting up because they're not saying anything from, Hey, yeah. don't you find that mailman attractive? And then mm-hmm. laughing about it or nudging each other to, I want to have kids or I don't want to have kids, which yeah. is why another, another 10 year, you know, couple just split up recently is, and I'm thinking, why the fuck didn't you talk about not wanting to have kids when you were 23, when you were 25, when you were 28, and wait until yeah. you're 33 to split well, or whatever? I also think it changes, though. Like, I have a friend who just had um, a long-term relationship breakup because she suddenly woke up one day and she's like, wait, I think I might want kids. Like, it can mm-hmm. change for us, you know? Like, that's the interesting thing, too, is, like, you can evolve. Like, you can have, like, a 10-year relationship and then have it just, like, change. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 because oh, yeah, totally. you're not the same person you are at 23. I mean, I'm I'm constantly blown away by my <clears throat> parents who are still together and they met when they were sophomores at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst in 1971, Whoa. I think. Wow, and that is <laughs> that is so maybe 72, but either way, like that is. I mean, they they do enjoy each other's company very much, but I just that's it's such a 
they were 19 and now they're in their late 60s and I can't even Whoa. imagine knowing someone for that long let alone uh being comfortable and uh, wanting to stay with that person for that long even if you're even if you like each other it's just such a wild um I mean, I guess that's yeah. me coming out and saying long-term romantic love is confusing yeah, yeah, to yeah. me, but it's like decades versus decade or dozen years. Is, is I think they're two very different things. I do too. And I think there's a huge advantage, uh, Josh and Dave, to um, you know getting into a relationship in your early or mid-30s because you, I think you actually are probably more solid in what you want, right? Like, Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I know what I want and you seem like you know what you want. I, yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's, it's, I think I've entered into things recently that I would have been in for a lot longer if I was five, six, seven, eight years younger than I am now. Yeah. Just having the benefit mm-hmm. of hindsight, I will, be, I could be sitting on, sitting on a first date knowing it probably isn't going to have legs and, or, or, not pursuing someone that seems like it might be a bit of an uphill battle. Yeah. Like a, a thing that is two dates and done would maybe have been like uh, mm. six, seven weeks yeah. uh, for me mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are getting shorter now. We're like, we're being more decisive. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm, I think that that is sort of an across the board thing. I mean, this seems, this is, this episode seems like uh, we're sponsored by your mid thirties, which is like, which is, <laughs> we, you know, you, hey, the back pain might be a little bit worse, but at least you uh, know what you want for dinner and you know who you like. <laughs> I think I, I'm, 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 I'm less confused when I go to the grocery store and when I'm uh, sitting across from a stranger at um, a yes. bar with red lighting. Yes, so same. it's, it's right. all it's Brock, all by my knee hurts don't kill me yeah no, <laughs> yes. it's, uh, it's definitely it's hard to tell someone too uh that you're you just want to be friends if that's i mean it's not for everybody i i'm i'm the, my personality was never very forward i was always a shy person so to, it was you know i i remember the one time i had the, i just wasn't into someone and I can tell they were into me. And this was, I mean, I was in my, maybe my late twenties and I had to, I really like, it was way too casual to even quote unquote too casual to warrant a phone call or too casual to warrant yeah. even like a breakup text. Cause we were just, we had just, you know, hung out a few times and had you know slept together. And I was so nervous, but I, I called this person and said, Hey, I just want to let you know. I just like fumbled hands in my <laughs> pockets. Well I, well, I didn't have like a, you know, a wireless device, but, um, I, uh, I had one hand in my pocket, um, <laughs> and the other one making eggs, just keep this the podcast. but, um, no, I was just, I remember I was just so, I was so nervous to like end it, end something casual. And I did, I called her, uh, and this is something that, in retrospect, it's like, no, that's fucking great. Like we should all, we should all know when we're good because it releases yes. the other person too. And it's I a think, hard, it is a hard thing to do. Yeah. And, um, in Brene Brown's new book, she says this sentence that's clarity is kindness. And like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I love that. I love, like, mm-hmm. I think it's so nice when people, even if it's unwarranted or maybe a little silly when someone calls and they're like, I had a good time with you, but I just like, uh, you know, I'm feeling more of a friend vibe. I do think it's, um, I think it's really nice. I think it's nice when people are clear with each other, including if you're just like a few dates in or whatever. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's yeah. I clarity do it all is, the time. Clarity is kindness. Is yes. I think you. I think one should do that because I don't know. I mean, I recently went on uh, two dates with someone that I think is truly great. But I you're think dating we, up a storm lately. Uh, I'm trying. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. To, but but I think we both knew, and so no uh, conversation was needed. But I think that that's an extremely rare case. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think there is a knowing in that sense too. I've dated people where it's like, no one needs to say anything. That's okay. Yeah. Like, no, there's no one. Yeah. No one's really invested. Both people are just like skating on by for some reason. Yeah, but I do. I think mm-hmm. that is rare, and I think that I, I a friend of mine recently said something that sort of blew my mind, which was, um, speaking about themselves. I'm perfectly comfortable with people being angry at me because it was out yeah. of a conversation where I was saying that I I hate when people are mad at me and the idea of like communicating with someone or saying you don't want to see someone anymore or cutting it off or or even if it's the, in the kindest way possible, it still feels like mm. an affront to your sensibilities. Like when it's been done to me, it's always out of just kindness. And if you're cutting something off at the knee, it's because it's not working. And I still mm-hmm. harbor, you still get that hot feeling inside of yourself where you're oh, kind of, completely. Yeah. No one likes to be, you know, for all intents and purposes, <clears throat> no one likes to be rejected. And also we, we live in the age of, uh, or hopefully we're, we're sort of moving away from the age of shitty men. Um, but you know, Stevie, I can't imagine you haven't called something off bluntly, um, or at least very clearly and had at least one guy go, well, why, why? Well, fuck then. I mean, fuck, oh my fuck gosh. off. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Josh, that, I can't that, even. I, I would be, right? I've had, I've had men, I've had men tell me for saying, hey, you know, I had a really nice few dates and I'm always, I always am kind about it. I don't ever just be like, I don't want to date you anymore. I'm not like cruel. Um, mm-hmm. I've said, I've sent texts that I felt were, that I've run by people that I've like run by my therapist and gotten responses back that were, had so much anger and so much like, yeah. And it's, um, and it's interesting because I'm like, I can't imagine what that would have been like if I had the conversation in person or, you know what I mean? Like, how is this, the reactions can be very, very bad. And I get why people don't want to do it. It almost makes me understand ghosting to some degree because it's like, I don't, I mean, getting a text message that says like, you need help. Or that was so like maybe 10 years ago, some guy wrote back when I broke up with him, you need, (laughs) you need some serious help. And I was like, he wasn't wrong. I got help and, and I still wouldn't date him today, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, but it's like, um, Oh, yeah, man. it's hard. It's hard to be honest with people knowing that you can get anger in response. But I'm also mm. I'm also very cool. Like if someone's mad at me for breaking up with them. All right. That's fine. You yeah, know, because yeah. It, because yeah, it's, of course it's fine. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think something that uh, you're I mean, you're pretty vocal, Josh, about, uh, you know, I think we're similar in that we are both uh, aware of the climate we live in and how it's yeah. uh, it's it's. Yeah, we we have some. We got some. We got some gross peers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We have some gross uh, people generationally above us, and some contemporaries, and some. It's just. I mean, I think the conversation and the culture is changing, but it's very. um, I don't know. I think my if there is like if there is a rejection or or a letting down gently, or I don't know. I think I'm definitely at a point now where it really the anger is always going to be misplaced. If I get 
angry, quote unquote, at, at, a, at a woman I'm dating. It, it yeah. has to just come from someone else and I'm or from within. And I think therapy helps. But just the idea that no one can make you angry. No, your your, your reaction to something that happened can make can make you yeah. become angry. But it's I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine a bigger waste of time than saying why or telling someone, you know, fighting someone on them not wanting to be with you is not going to make them want to be with you. Yeah. And, and if it does, it means that you've manipulated yeah. them to, to the nth degree and, and that's not a healthy relationship to begin with. Yeah. I've also had people, I've also had men um, respond when I've broken up with them like, uh, totally, I totally understand. Can I, can I just get some clarity on why? Or like, can I ask a question? And sometimes you're like, fine, yeah, I'll, I'll explain it to you, you know, or whatever it is. Like I explained a, a breakup to with this one guy and it w- it helped him it was helpful interesting oh sure but i think it also war it depends on the human you're like if if they can receive it i don't know yeah uh, can, can i can i ask what the reason was because i feel like when someone breaks up with you yeah unless unless it's something extremely specific uh, uh um for example i'm completely in love with you but you're uh an alcoholic and i can't yeah date someone who's unwell but i love you and so fix yourself and come back yeah it usually just amounts to uh i stopped liking the way you smell or yeah uh, i don't like looking i wasn't your, feeling it i don't like looking at your butt most of the, honestly most of the time <laughs> i break up with people it's because they're not in their power they hand me their power or they like <clears throat> they give me their they're like I don't know where to go for dinner you help me like it's almost like they're helpless in the relationship mm. and so they're not uh. they're not standing in their power and I think like for me it's it's really important for me to date someone who's in their power so and that's just an unattractive quality which you don't have to say in your explanation to the person but I feel like I know where you're going with that and yeah. it's just no one nobody likes a, a flip-flopper no i don't want to be a mom like i'm not interested in being dating someone who (laughs) needs guidance i i want to date someone who i look at and i go wow i'm impressed by this human i'm wowed by this human not uh, wow this person has no idea how to take me on a date and plan it yeah (laughs) do you know what i mean it's i mean the indecision yeah i think I, i again i think it's a byproduct of being a little bit older. I, th- I also think that's why you see a lot of these, these relationships petering out now that started 10 years ago. Cause 10 years ago, uh, if you're like us, you're in your, uh, early to mid twenties and your priorities are different. Your lifestyle's different. You're yeah. chugging along. If you're creative, you are still maybe not established and still figuring out what you want. And it's cute that you have 90 packets of ramen in your cupboard or cute that you sleep on a bed you found in a dumpster. (laughs) But you know, I I mean, I'm, I'm learning to be a little bit kinder to myself and my situation and the people around me in general lately, where it is such a circuitous path to be not just a creative person, but to be alive right now. Everything just seems so up in the air and, you can be defeatist and say the world is ending. So let's just get together. Or you can say, Hey, who knows what's going to happen? So let's be a little bit kinder to each other. And I think that's informed a lot of my decisions. And I, I think that when I see a lot of these relationships breaking up, it's in service of, Oh, I've changed. I want something different for myself or something better or both. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that. And it, I think in the past it could maybe feel mean Oh, yeah. I could never tell this person that that's not what I want. Mm, They're not yes. who I want. And I think that's why you see a lot of people 
cheating or cheating horrifically or or or, or imploding from within yeah. instead of stepping back and saying I need to step away from this relationship. I think it's just a very uh, you know the cowardly or easy way is to just kind of. Uh, do something destructive and yeah. uh, run away with a, a cartoon outline of yourself through the wall. But <laughs> but now that we're yeah now that we're not kids, I think you just kind of have to own up to this. Isn't I'm not getting what I want. I, would I don't like want to get, eat ramen anymore. Yeah, I want to sleep on a bed that's not uh, covered in flies. Get yep. me a Casper and get grow me. up. <laughs> get me a Casper. Me the a unofficial wall. the unofficial sponsor of this show. If you would like Casper, if you would like. Let us Enter know. mattress that comes in a box that you can unroll and grow up. Yeah, grow. Avery, you up. know what I mean? Yeah. Enter promo code Ruben420 at checkout. <laughs> for goodness sake. For goodness sake. <laughs> uh, you know, um, just keeping with the theme. Yeah. Yes, of course. Josh, we really do appreciate your commitment to our theme. Um, one thing I Thanks will say, much. Josh, we, we, <laughs> we are going to wrap up the interview with uh, a special segment, but I, I just want to say I... I'm a, a fan of your comedy, but also we've been following each other on Instagram for a while. And I, I've really appreciated this, the ease and skill with which you slide up fried egg on top of, uh, Oh my gosh. I know. (laughs) I know you've, um, you've like mastered every time I look at your breakfast that you're having on Instagram, I'm like, this looks like a full blown, like, it looks like it's from squirrel in LA. Like it looks it looks like someone, it looks like someone with a dumb hat would pay 40 bucks for it. Yes, 100%. Can I tell you something? Honestly, I think most of the time, so you probably notice I don't I don't post a lot of breakfast stuff anymore. I know. I'm almost positive. No, I can say for the most part, I was trying to impress Lauren from 2000 miles away. So she <laughs> lived in New York. No I was way. in LA and you can see when people look at your stories and I was like, I know she appreciates a man who cooks. And I'm like, I'm going to make a bomb ass brekkie. Uh, and I enjoyed the comments, but that was really for her. So, wow. Uh, I love that. Me too. What that a cool was, admission. Ugh. It was a, a yolky, yolky did peacock it, dance. Did yeah. it work? Did it work? Was she impressed? Clearly. She, I think it was just a, it was a, it was a piece of what sealed the deal. I mean, I really, I love, I love breakfast. I also, I, I posted it so much and I ate so much of uh, eggs. I think I'm a little egged out, but I, yeah, uh, yeah no, that, that really, Thank you. It's hey man, you know it's just olive oil or or coconut oil if you want to get crazy. Just you know some uh, olive oil will get anything to slide on a on a pan. It really does. It works. I'm never using ghee or butter again. Oh, butter's good here. though. Um, um Josh, yeah. Josh. So you're making these bowls to impress Lauren from <laughs> two thousand miles away. From far away. Now, had she, because you were friends with her, you knew she appreciated a man who cooks. Correct. Man, Correct. what what is it? You know. I guess I understand what it is. It's a primal thing, but like that's like top on my list. A man who cooks. I don't know why that matters to me, except for that it's kind of because I don't want to do it. It's providing for you. It's I mean, it's you know, providing. Yeah, yeah. It, it hits. The, it's uh, nourishment. It's like a lot of right. A lot of women are attracted to to taller uh, men, quote unquote. Is uh, I have a, I'm very I'm not very small I'm a very small man uh, but I'm uh, <laughs> I never felt short but I've got a tall personality as my mommy says oh my but gosh it's like, yeah cute. it's the same thing it's like providing whatever yeah. it's the providing thing you know that it's like can you protect me and provide for me and it's a cool thing you read about partnerships and the science of it too is like people team up 
uh, or communities stick together because you kind of, that's how you keep each other alive. So, hey, yeah. it appeals to that little twinge in your gut because, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, if I, you know, if I was laying down sick in the next room, they can, they could bring they me know food. what eggs are and how to, right, exactly. Yeah. They, know, they know how to use ghee. That's a real yes. thing. Yes, it is a real thing. It's also nice when it's also nice because it's like, I'm not a great cook, but I'm a great baker. I can bake. And so it's nice Mm -hmm. when someone fills in that cooking thing for me. You know what I mean? When someone else cooks. Hell yeah. I'm like kind of done with the days where someone tells me they can cook and they make me um, stir fry. I'm like, that does not count. That is not cooking. (laughs) Well, can I ask you, Stevie, as as someone yeah. who who knows cause you you have a very you don't eat you're vegetarian, right? And there, there you have some food allergies. Well, Josh, okay, so get this. Uh oh. So I'm no longer a vegetarian. Excuse <gasps> me. What? You're telling Girl, Josh before you tell me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You what? guys, I'm this, no longer a vegetarian. Huge. This is big news. Um, that's huge. It's huge. I eat. That's an exclusive. It's an exclusive. That's an I burn everything exclusive. <laughs> we'll put a little. We'll put a. We'll put a, a slight. We'll put a bit of an ambulance uh, yeah. siren right here. Yeah. yeah. So you I know. started eating meat again. Um, <gasps> I was wow. having some issues, really strange issues, like um, skin issues, and uh, I was getting these visual migraines in my like in my eyes and um and they don't they're not painful but it's really jarring and weird and I went to um an acupuncturist and she was like your hormones are imbalanced because you've not eaten meat for so long and and there are things in meat that you cannot get from animal products so your skin is not rebuilding because there's no collagen um all this stuff and I started eating meat and this is not a joke within a week I felt better and I haven't gotten a migraine since. That's wow. amazing. That's and so I'm sure cool. you're I'm sure you're being extremely smart with what you eat though. I am. I'm I'm doing um I try to do like grass fed meat and mostly fish and things like that. But you know, it's interesting. I feel like um this going along with the ten year relationship thing, like it worked for me to be like kind mm. of vegan, vegetarian for a long time and then it stopped working for me and that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. and it feels so much better and it's really, it's been really exciting to eat again because I'm now like, Ooh, I get to have, like, if I want to, I can have steak. And I, I always like me. I just didn't, I don't like how America does it. And, um, Mm. and there are ways around that, but, uh, yeah. So I eat meat. (laughs) Hell yeah. Isn't that fun? So dating has become actually easier in a lot of ways because now I can go anywhere and, but I still can't eat gluten. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I mean, you can get, you can get a gluten free sneaker, you know, these days. I mean, it's, am I right? You know, you're right. You're right. You can get a gluten free CBD infused <laughs> latte sneaker. You. Matcha latte. Gluten free bell jar, ball jar, whatever. I bring it to the farmer's market and put gluten free crackers in it and mm-hmm. gluten free goats. Um, um, that okay. Makes sense. Josh, we, so we're, we're switching up our format a little bit uh, in our, in our interview wrap ups. We, we traditionally have done something we like to call the Iber and everything five questions. And we have, uh-huh actually rewritten some of them and we would like just in keeping to uh in the spirit of brevity and also just to maybe expound on one of them if you could pick a number between one through five yeah you get to pick one of them ask you the number the question that corresponds to the number oh fucking five obviously 
Oh, good choice. Yeah, that is a good choice. We might, we need to, we might need to shuffle these up. Yeah, yeah everyone's going to pick five. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> um, I think this is going to be a good one. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice about anything, relationships, food, both, what would it be? And this could be teenage Josh. It could be 20-year-old Josh, 15, oh. 10. But for the love of God, specify the age. Yeah, just let us know how old you are. Oh, God. Uh oh, it just feels so this answer could be so on the nose, but it's so true. Um uh, I would tell uh I guess I I tell uh, 13-year-old chubby pepper-smelling Josh who always wore sweatpants <laughs> and never changed his gym that uh just not to put any value on anything no wait i take that back uh, uh 13 year old same age 13 year old don't mm-hmm. stop making stuff make Ooh. stuff don't stop making stuff the the making stuff is the key it's the key out it's the key to making friends it's the key to meeting girls it's the key to traveling it's the key to everything like make your own shit Make it early, get it out there. Uh, you know, back then it would have been the wall of a high school and and uh, on the stage at the local community theater. Make stuff, make stuff, make stuff. And oh. never be spooked about the fact that you could, you know, you can continue making stuff at any age at any point. And oh uh, there are always going to be better ideas. Did you stop for a while when you were, when you were younger? No, I think I, I, I just... I, I, I would make videos and stuff with friends. Like I had, you know, some of the kids with the video camera, like lucky enough to do that with buddies. And that was great. But <clears throat> just to, just to have the reassurance that, you know, to follow that thing, to, to keep whatever, putting stuff on video or, you know, putting stuff on paper is, is the key. And to keep like driving that home and to keep like, like obeying those psychic flashes, mm. so to speak. Is, that's, that's what I tell everybody. It's all the same shit. It's no different. It boils down to, you know, like, uh, trusting your gut is like what fucking Steve Jobs did making a phone in his garage. It's like, or a yeah. computer, you know, it's, it's all the same thing. It always, it always boils down to, you know, I was feeling down in the dumps and then one day I just made this thing and then it turned into this thing. Yeah. Uh, pocket compliments. I mean, you, Stevie, you mm-hmm. did that. What so you made one, and then yeah. one became two, and two became a thousand, and whatever else. Um, you know, uh, I have friends who you know painted a pair of sneakers, and then that turned into like a little you know sneaker line, yeah. just out of you know making a, a present for her buddy and friends. Just want to. It's like the more you make, and the more you share, and that you know. It just that that momentum grows. It's uh, I mean, God. it's a hundred. It's it's right a hundred percent of the time. I mean, yeah, yeah I, that speaks to absolutely. me so much. I only have a career because I started a blog as a goof with my friend yeah. that I met uh, doing improv and sketch for free. Fuck, and yeah. then I yeah. got to make a write a book, and then I got to write for TV, and yeah. now I have people who know my writing. Yeah, which is, and yeah. it's and it's only because I I chugged along and went. I think I'm gonna expose. Uh, my naked writing ass to the world yeah and you know what's cool about that advice too is like I think why that advice can be so hard to take even from yourself is because a lot of time we get tripped up in the why like I don't know why I'm making this like what am I making this for and I think if you remove those questions and you're like I make stuff because I'm here to make stuff yeah 
you, you have, I mean, it's outcome. Like it's not about the results you make things because maybe it just shows you more of what you want or whatever it is. But I've almost always had great results from just making things because it makes me feel good. Yeah. 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 If you were here to make people, you know, to do people's taxes, you would want to be make, doing people's taxes. Oh, like yeah. you'd be at H&R Block and you'd fucking love it. You know what Do I you mean? know what's like, crazy? My grandma did people's taxes for years and she loved it. Loved it. There you go. Loved it. I uh, can't imagine that life, but you know, Some, that's what she was meant here, you know, yeah. meant to do. So you're happy doing it. Yeah. You know? She loved it. So let that be a lesson to young Josh, but also to young anyone who might be listening to this to just, if, if making stuff is what you like to do, please just keep trust yourself and keep going. Things. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Josh to, to echo the end of every single podcast that's ever been made. Where can people find you? Oh God. Well now, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately it's everywhere, but start with Instagram. Start mm-hmm. at Josh Rubin. <laughs> R-U-B-N. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny always on, on the gram. And from there so you can funny. find all the other links, I'm sure. Um, all the other things. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and talking to us all the way from New York City. Yeah. And uh, good luck with your imp- impending pleasure. move. We can't wait to see oh. you, you and your partner back here in Los Angeles. Thank you. I can't wait. Uh, I really appreciate it. This was so fun. Yeah, Josh, thanks so much. Instability. Thank you. <laughs> Infidelity. And, uh, infidelity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, Josh. Thank you so much. Bye, Josh. Bye. Thank you. Wow. Josh Rubin. That was so great. I love him. I've known him for a long time, but that was like, that was a really, that was a pleasure. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool to hear someone having like a successful relationship based on friendship it's a thing that everyone says but you rarely hear people doing it mm-hmm. i think it just fe- i think it can feel like such a uh trope or a novelty or, or just like something you'd only see in a i mean the, the fact that he called it a when harry met sally relationship because it seems like it would be unreal to just look up one day and go oh you i know i can't imagine that i have so many i have so many guy friends i can't imagine one day looking up and be like there's my husband Mm -hmm. you know um josh is a true american pleasure he's so the thing i like about him is that he's just so thoughtful and insightful while also being so unbelievably funny and if people i know people should really look at his instagram yeah you got to look at his instagram he's so funny i show my friends and everyone's like how does he do this he he's so so funny we won't do it justice no um but he's also he's also he makes great things and he's i mean it was amazing to learn that he's making a movie i'm sure it'll be fantastic i like that he's a combination too like how you said you're like he's insightful and funny i like that those two i think that we not we necessarily, but I used to have a idea that like those two things couldn't go together, right? Like soft and funny or like, mm-hmm. and it's so nice to see that combination because it's like, well, it's a person you want to be around. Yeah. I think he, I think it's just a really great quality to have. And, I, and I also, I thought, you know, he's, he's, I think we have similar opinions about uh, masculinity and, yeah. and it's just, uh, it was great to finally get to talk to him on the show. Also his keep making things. Yeah. Oh, epic. And I've definitely had that thought before. And, and if I, if I take a little bit of time off from creating stuff, I know I, I always feel depleted or like yeah. I'm, I'm incomplete. And then when I start up again, it feels like 
it's the most natural thing in the world. Me too. Honestly, that's part of also why the, we brought the podcast back is like there was a little bit of, for me, it's like, I like living life when I'm making things on like almost like on an expansive level, like not just art, not just photography, not just acting, not just hosting. Like I like it when we're like creating all sorts of things, including connection. And I really miss doing the podcast. As you guys know, we probably bowed out for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of dating experiences and food experiences in that time. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, and I honestly, I, I think that, um, you know, it's not, uh, who knows if it's fate or karma, but as soon as we decided that we were going to do the podcast again, I, this is just last night, Yeah, went on a date, felt weird about it, got a text from someone I was already seeing that I maybe had to break it off with, went and ordered a pizza and then took it home in a lift and ate the entire thing. And now today we're recording. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's the epitome, but that's so perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what we want to be doing. Yeah. I feel like, uh, if you're not eating your feelings, um, you're probably doing okay. And even if you are, you probably have something to learn from the experience. It yeah, for sure. Such a weird visceral thing too. It was like the physical embodiment of this podcast. It's so funny. Yeah. I don't think I did that last night. I just had food with my family and came home. Yeah. That's definitely not a, a date you went on. No, I have been going on a lot of dates. I know. How's that? How's that been going? Um, It's it, not great. It's been, um, it's been like one of those things where it's like, I'm going on one date and I'm not interested and I don't go on another. Like that's what it's been for me. I think I'm very clear on what I'm looking for. And, you know, for example, if you tell me that you've been unfaithful to all of your partners on our first date, I'm probably not going to see you again. Oh, why do people do that? Hey guys, I just want to say this. Telling someone everything bad you've done on a first date is not vulnerability. It is lacking boundaries. Yeah, it's. I, I think there's such a such a happy medium you have to hit between. Yes. Don't throw all your exes under the bus, and don't throw yourself under the bus. Don't a great rule if, of thumb is don't throw anything under any buses. Yeah. What if I'm like, what if I, something I've noticed too is like, every person I've gone on a date with has talked about their exes within the first 15 minutes of these dates. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I'm guilty of talking about exes in relationships. I also understand that some people are sensitive about it, some people aren't. But on a first date. Why is your ex on the first date with us? Yeah, I, I, trust me, I'm guilty of it too. I've had because I've had a few relationships that have resulted in wild stories, and yes. so I've found myself on dates, kind of, you know, swapping wild, wild dating stories, stories. Yeah, and I think that it's normal, but I think you got to cap Keep that it stuff to a I also, minimum. yeah don't you also feel like i'm like you don't know these people why not ask questions about them i'm like there's so many more interesting things than telling me your exes what's up with your ex i'm like tell me what's up with you i want to hear what's like i'd rather be like dave what's up with you than hear about your ex-girlfriends i think i mean i agree but i also think it's like an interesting shorthand or like a um a yeah i think it can be a i think doing it can be a way to combat small talk for yeah. example I had a perfectly nice date with a nice person last night. We hung out. We had a single drink at a cool place. Okay. But I was maybe hoping for something a little bit more juicy. I didn't share too much. She didn't share too much. Okay. And I think that's totally fine. But it could was be also, a little boring. It was also pretty hard to assess what actually was going on. Yeah. But then afterwards when we had our uh, a little goodbye hug, I, I think we both thought the exact same thing which was nice person interesting person pretty Mm, cute not i don't think it's yeah yeah when we said goodbye i was like oh we're never gonna see each other again yeah 
Yeah. I didn't say that out loud. That would have been pretty rude. No, no, no. It's good you didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then another big bomb on the podcast was that I eat meat now. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is, I, I can't remember another example, but I feel like this has happened on the podcast before where some, sure. something, a bomb has been dropped and I am the first. One of the first people to know, but like our guest knows first. No, you're with you're with me. I wanted to say it, but I also didn't want it to be about me. This this episode, do you know what I mean? I was like, I don't want to make this about me. But it's it's worth mentioning. Yes, he, and he brought it up. Yeah, thank God. Um, yeah, so that's pretty big. Now we can go, you know, eat meats together. How <laughs> how long has this been going on? Not long. So I kind of experimented with it maybe for like four months ago, mm-hmm. and then I um, and then I basically like really committed to it only a few weeks ago Mm. yeah well i think it's smart i've been kind of looking to scale back i've been doing a lot of cooking on my own making food at home uh in the interest of saving money and also just there's a lot of you know restaurant food can be super rich which is you know not a bad thing but i've just been learning to cut back in general and uh oh is that a wind chime? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that wind chime is not helping our recording, you know, but honestly, it, I hope of, it was lulling you guys to sleep a little beautiful. bit. If you use this podcast to fall asleep, let us know. Uh, put us let on, us know. put us on insight timer. Yeah. We'll, we'll provide some wind chime bonus yeah. audio at the end of this. I was just babbling, uh, in service of saying that I would love to have some kind of a meet with you. I'm trying to eat less of it. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty loyal to turkey. Oh, yeah. I like turkey. Yeah. I, I'll have turkey with you. I make a lot of turkey sandwiches in the form of wraps. Yeah. And, sounds um, great. you know, we can get some gluten-free lavash bread and just see what happens. Maybe that sounds some, really nice. I peel a cucumber, a per, mini Persian cucumber. Oh, yeah. I, I do some extra sharp cheddar. Wow. Um, you know, I'll do some kind of a spread. I'll do spinach. I'll do tomato. I mean, at this point, I'm just peacocking. The other day, I got wild. I chopped up some snow peas, put them Damn. in there. This is a lo- sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it, you know, it honestly is, but it's kind of meditative for me. I'll throw in a podcast or some music, and I'll just um, I'll just go to town and have a little quiet uh, sandwich so time. Nice. That's Maybe, what I call it. Well, we'll make sure to have a sandwich together and report back on what it's like to eat meats together. <laughs> and for those of you who are vegetarian or vegan, you know. You know, to each their own. I'm still proud of you guys for keeping keeping at it. For me, stop working. Yeah, it's a health issue. You just got to listen to your bod. Yeah. You know what my bod is saying? What? It's saying, hey, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Yeah, thank you so much. My bod is saying the same thing. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. And if I continue to tap into my bod and sort of listen to it, <laughs> I can hear it some more. And it's saying, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere. And we also have a new hotline. We have a hotline where you can call and leave your questions or concerns or, you know, we'll we'll probably answer some questions. So go ahead and call the hotline or yeah. our email. Dave will give you both. Yeah, iBurnEverythingPod at gmail.com or call 213-458-5236. That's 213-458-5236. Leave a message, tell us anything you want, and we might use it in an upcoming episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
podcast, Barely, Barely Composed, with us, Feminine Trio. Each week, we write a brand new comedic song with one of our funny friends. Listen and subscribe to Barely Composed on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Campfire.